Welcome to another edition of Linking the Travel Industry, where we discuss travel industry news you are talking about on LinkedIn. Before we continue, a bit of housekeeping. We absolutely welcome audience participation. After all, we are here to link the travel industry. So if you have a comment on any of the stories we discuss here today, please raise your hand and we'll get you on stage. We absolutely love doing that. So with that out of the way, my name is Rian and I'm one of your hosts today. I'm the CEO of Agentivity and TravelDataPlatform.com, where we help travel management companies and corporate travel buyers gain control over their booking data. And I'm Anne, and I'm a consultant in the travel and airline industry. Always happy to help you with anything related to retailing, uh, distribution, NDC and one order. I'm also an instructor with both IATA and Aeroclass. My name is Ash, and I'm the host of a weekly business travel podcast called What's Up in Business Travel, where we give you only the important updates in all in under 15 minutes. Additionally, I'm the vice president at Tracks so, and this is Linking the Travel Industry. So once again, it's fantastic to see familiar and new faces in the audience. We really appreciate you giving us your time. Bit of shout out there to Mohit is here every week. Thank you very much. Kate as well. You're a regular as well now. The format of this discussion evolves around a post I do on a Friday where we picked up the most engaging and interactive travel industry post on LinkedIn, and then we discuss them here in more detail. My first post uh, was around uh, news that I started seeing emerging, and later in the week there were there were more posts about that, about a code share or other type of partnership between Emirates and Air India. I think I first saw it in a post by Sid Kumar. Very interesting development. I did see there was another development about a co-chair or other partnership with them. But before we talk about that, um, Anne, did you pick up on that? I did, indeed. And, and also something that was actually news to me was how big the Emirates market share was from um, India to the US. It's obvious that India is going to be, what, the, the largest market in the world. And there is some strategic stuff going on in planning that. I'll tell you the story that I picked up on was about um, Indigo actually looking at some form of partnership that they can expand in North America as well. And apparently there's some discussions there going on as well. Ash, did, did you see that story about Emirates and Air India? The story that caught my attention was the one by Vishal, where he goes on to explain the market share and how it all kind of breaks down. And so I was surprised that the US for India is 20% of the market. And then you add Canada to 36, you add UK to 35%. Mm. So that's a pretty big, substantial piece of your business, right? And I think the point that Vishal was making is that Emirates and Air India don't really have any kind of a connection between the two where this relationship could be enhanced. So I think the point that he was trying to make was that there's not enough commonality there for this to actually happen. Mm. Also, something I'd like to say about Air India and Emirates, of course, that does require that, of course, that Air India service sort of, you know, improves or this this whole sort of remake of the airline that has to happen, I think, yeah. for, for that okay. kind of partnership. My next story was um, in an interesting post by Patrick Edmund, where he talked about the gray area of accurate CO2 numbers being reported. And in this, this uh, story, he's talking about Ryanair who um, report about passenger load factors in a different way to most any, you know, to almost any other airlines that they, they actually base their numbers based on the bookings, not on passengers boarded. So, and this is a bit ridiculous, isn't it? 
<laughs> yes, it is. That was such an interesting read. I actually had no idea did this differently. Just fascinating. I, I really recommend everyone to read that story because it's. Uh, I, I was a bit shocked. weren't you? I mean, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Basi- was, basing like, it on book. I, yeah. I was having to check if it's the first of April or not because I couldn't read that story. But uh, there you go. Ash, what do you make of that story? Yeah, there's another story here, uh, not related to CO2, but you know, related to measurement and the issues with measurement, right? American Airlines apparently is the biggest airline in the world, but that's by a certain metric. And then United is the biggest if you measure it by distance flown. So there is all these like percentage of this, percentage of that to figure out what is the right number. And so there is this uh, confusion uh, that gets placed in the market because no one really knows. So I think that this story in many ways is kind of similar to that. It just depends on you know what's the load capacity and then, of course, with the load capacity capacity of your percentages and then so forth and so on. And, you know, whoever gets the load capacity better, I guess it has the lower CO2 emission. So I think that's what Ryanair's point is in this oh, article, right? Okay. Because the more people that are on the plane, the less footprint per passenger. But if you yeah. fly the same aircraft with 20 people, then the percentage increases by yeah. a lot. But it, it adds to this entire, there's just so much differences and discrepancies in the reporting on this, um, in this area. And it needs to be standardized. It needs to, it needs to come into, well, fall in line, really because um, you know, this is just adding to that whole mess, which is uh, the CO2 reporting by the airline. Our next story was about London Luton Airport. They now have, well, they say they will have the security in place to abolish the hand luggage liquids limitation and checks before the end of 2023. I saw this in a post by Aman, uh, Aman Pukumari. But um, uh, to be fair, in my recent trip, when I when I talked about it, you know, when I traveled, none of the airports that I went through uh, were asking me to remove um, liquids from hand luggage. So I don't know why that still applies in the UK, but still, it's good news because obviously when that doesn't need to happen, when passengers don't need to adhere to that rule, it flows a lot faster through the security. They must be doing this tech in the States as well, right, Ash? They- no, there's something really wrong about the story. And this is what's yeah. wrong. You cannot do this to people. A couple of factors here. Number one, you can't expect all of a sudden people who've been programmed to operate <laughs> in a certain way at airports to automatically unprogram and go in this direction of you don't need to show your liquids and all that stuff, right? So that's one aspect of it because that all adds to confusion. So the second thing is that I don't think that they've really solved the problem of the real reason why liquids were banned in the first place. Yes. Uh, and the reason why they were was because of there was obviously an issue with uh, with the safety of the aircraft when you have yeah. liquids in a plane and what people can do with it. For the sake of trying to process more passengers, do we really want to take a step back on security? I don't think well, so. So I mean, on, on the first part of your story, Ash, you're right, because I was standing like the village idiots in the line yeah. <laughs> these airports with my liquids nicely in a little bag, visible for all to see, all in 100 milliliter, you know, maximum capacity and like i said to you the the one security person actually thanked me for being so diligent but said it's totally unnecessary because they don't do that anymore yeah i agree it's um, you are so programmed to doing it it just comes naturally now doesn't it I think the complete opposite here. I flew Thursday. <laughs> the little plastic container one liter bag that I've been using, I'm not kidding, for the last 15 years. It's a Scandinavian <laughs> Airlines one that's been given, to, gifted to me and I've been using for my liquid. 
Karen, I was told at Malmo Airport in Sweden that, oh no, they've had some sort of checkup by the authorities there saying that we typically use are too big. So they forced right. me to put all my liquids into their own little uh, plastic bag. And then, lo and behold, she told me that contact lens fluid was considered medical and wasn't part of it. And there I've been for 15 years putting my contact lens liquids in there. It's obviously ongoing and nobody would be happier if we could just have this removed. I was going to say, I I mean, I agree with that because I I found it so nice, you know, from then on, I went through what's about eight or nine airports and it was just so smooth. There was just no issues. My next story was about the the UK-based TMC Grey Doors Travel. They have made an astonishing 11 acquisitions already in the past few years in the UK, and they recently acquired an Australian travel agent. And this news was in my feed was interesting for me to see because they've now appointed some people to um, focus on the US and expanding there. It made me read the story and, and respond to it because I just don't see other TMCs doing this as aggressively as these guys and with such a, a strong focus. So that's the reason why it popped top of my newsfeed. They really impress me. I think it's just amazing uh, what they're doing. It's, it's mm-hmm. very impressive. Yeah, it's a very yeah. different approach to, to most other TMCs. So, Ash, mm. I'm sure you haven't heard of this name before, but you will soon. Well, I have heard this name before because I know a few people that work for this company in the uh-huh. UK. They've been strategizing on acquisitions across the world. I mean, they did the Australian acquisition just recently. And now you see them, you know, of course, setting up shop here in the US. Where it is, is that they're going to make a purchase here in the US of mm-hmm. another TMC. And that will launch them officially because, of course, with that will come the infrastructure of processing in the U.S. And then you have this guy that was hired. He comes from Frosh. He comes from Ultramar to manage Grey Dawes in the U.S. So this is, of course, very intentional. And I think it's something that they've been planning for a little while now. Very interesting to see you know, what's going to happen there. So uh, following of interest, absolutely. <laughs> The next story that popped up on my feed was about the fact that Amazon, the you know the online retailer, moved to BCD Travel as its corporate TMC. And I think we even talked about this on the show, wasn't it, when CWT got them to use their application to do the hotel bookings. So that actually remains in place. So they're going to keep doing their what they call lodging with CWT, but they're going to book all their other travel with BCD. I'm sure that's a big win for BCD, and um, congratulations to them. And from your side, congratulations. To, to BCD. Yeah, absolutely. Ash, yeah. any yes. comments? In related news, BCD is actually acquiring a lot of new clients. I've seen BCD be chosen as the official TMC by different travel managers uh, in the recent six months or so. So their acquisition rate has increased quite a bit. Uh, and you keep hearing that companies are moving from whatever agency they were with before to BCD. So there's something definitely brewing in BCD's world to create this interest from companies across the board. Absolutely. They must be doing something right in sales, right? My next story, it was the last of my sort of official list, was for about Turkish Airlines. They posted a $2.7 billion profit for 2022, which I believe is, you know, really, really big compared to even some of the other, any other airline in the world. They obviously have some spare money to spend because they are interested in doing a shirt sponsorship with um, Inter Milan. I'm sure they'll get that deal. Good way to spend the money, Ash, do you think? When you have money, you can do all sorts of things like that, right? Where you can become a sponsor of this 
and that and this and that. So I think Turkish is definitely doing that. I saw another story recently where another airline has now become the official airline for the F1 race as well. So you see a lot of airlines who are money. Yeah, Qatar. So they see a lot of airlines who are making a lot of money getting involved in these branding opportunities. And so sports is definitely one of the key ways to do that. Any comments there, Anne, on uh, that's a good investment or not for them? I'm just really impressed by their result. It's just fantastic how well they're doing. And as you know, this is an airline, I think they're doing a lot to simplify for the customer. I really like what they're doing in the app, that it's easy to rebook, to cancel. I like that they're working on the customer experience and um, putting, you know, customer experience there in in focus. So that I I do admire them for. Yes. Keep that going. You know, maybe that will inspire some other airlines who desperately need to improve in that. (laughs) (laughs) You won't mention any names, will you? (laughs) Okay. Now, um, I'm going to just move on to this other, this is a new section that we want to introduce, but this relates because it's also Turkish Airlines. But let me talk about this uh, new section. our feel-good story of the week and we're going to try and find one for you every week but the feel-good story for this week definitely is Turkish Airlines once again uh, being in the news for flying back rescue dogs from the the earthquake disaster that they had in Turkey where other countries send uh, rescue dogs in to help out with the disaster and they flew them back not in the hold they refused to do that and they flew them back in business or first class and there were plenty of posts with pictures of these dogs flying back in style and I just love that story Um, I also love the fact that Turkish Airlines themselves didn't necessarily make a big boo about this. They just did it. They clearly didn't do it, you know, purely for the marketing. So kudos to them uh, again uh, in this one. And I'm sure you like that stories as well. Yes, of course. It made my heart melt. It was just so lovely to see that. I was a bit sort of intrigued though that there were people on the post, right, criticizing them. Oh. I, I just thought, how is that even remotely oh. possible? How can you criticize this? So that shocked me. But it's, of course it was lovely. I mean I'm I'm you know, I'm a dog lover, just like you are. I mean, but it, it yes. just goes to show that you just cannot please everybody, right? Can you? No, so you well. can't. You obviously can't. Yes. And, um, Ash, was, yeah. was that you commenting negatively there on this post? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't me. I did have a thought when I saw this picture um, on this post. I thought to myself, man, every dog has its day and, you know, this yes. is his day today. You know, I kind of like it. I think it's a good, you know, it's a good story and it's a good way for Turkish to also show that, you know, they think uh, a little bit outside of the box and uh, their different way of doing business. And so this is actually a pretty good thing. <laughs> Finally, I just want to talk about my next uh, section here, um, which is... Meanwhile! We talked about all these stories. Uh, I, I, I find this one fascinating. I, I was ac- absolutely shocked about this number. And um, this is the fact that between Booking.com and Airbnb, they have $22 billion, with a B, dollars of cash. Just like that. That was the story. And the, you know, the question was, I think it was by Dennis Kroll, I was asking about, um, you know, how, how do we think they're going to spend that money? I think Booking has traditionally been a company that is very, very good at these kind of things where they like to have a lot of cash on hand. They like to be able to make purchases if necessary. So the fact that they had this much cash wasn't surprising to me. What was surprising more that Airbnb did because Airbnb has been struggling quite a bit and they've had a lot of problems, of course, during the pandemic. And even before that, I think they never even made a profit 
profit until just recently. So uh, that part was surprising that they actually had uh, that much money sitting around, almost the same amount as Booking Holdings did. So for me, that was uh, the percentage increase is like 400% based on that chart that they have in that article that you mentioned. So definitely interesting that they have this much money. I, I was surprised that Airbnb had that. And what about you? I was also, of course, surprised by the, the money itself, right? And of course, I'm I'm very intrigued by Booking's acquisition or possible. I, I think it's all still being um, audited or um, investigated, right? Uh, their acquisition of eTravelI, which of course will make them incredibly powerful and dominant. I'd, I'd keep a very close eye on that if I were an airline. Rumor of the week, which uh, is a new section I want to introduce. I don't have any audio for that. So we, we started last week by talking about the American Airlines, you know, push for NDC adoption by a date in April. And we talked about the fact that we want to keep you guys up to date with that. And that's exactly what we're doing. There's been some further developments, um, you know, news developments coming out of that and a few comments on some of the stories that I thought was interesting to mention. The one was about the fact that it's quite clear that there is a change in attitude in American Airlines about their approach to corporate business. You know, it seems to us that there's a there's a lot of talk about them turning down deals for businesses with even substantial, you know, sort of travel spend. I don't want to mention any specific numbers, but, you know, there are some astonishing numbers being mentioned that they were just going to turn down and not offer those corporates any deals whatsoever. And also, as a result, there are strong rumors abounding about a massive reorganization that's going to happen inside the American Airlines business, especially with regards to their sales division and the corporate sales division. Apparently, that's, that structure is going to change quite uh, substantially. So a very interesting development, and um, it's it's very interesting to follow how um, American is changing their attitude towards corporate business. Uh, unless we're all reading this wrong, but uh, are we, Ash? I mean, what do you what do you think is is happening here? Well, American Airlines, I mentioned this, uh, I don't know, several months ago, that American Airlines is actually going to struggle in 2023 because they have a lot of outstanding that's come due. So you see a shift in management, you see a shift in the structure of the organization. And through that shift, you see the changes in attitude towards discounting, right? So all of these things are aligned to one common denominator, and that is American Airlines has a lot of money that comes due that they have to pay up. And they're not going to be able to do that if they don't have the right people that are managing this process well, American Airlines will actually go out of business because they don't have the ability to pay that money. And your comments on this? It strikes me that the sort of corporate deals and the way corporate contracts are handled and managed in airlines is actually very archaic and very old-fashioned. And I think it's about time that airlines start looking into that structure and and what they're doing. I'm I'm just saying that I've seen a lot of uh, very archaic structures. And, and hopefully with more digitalization and um, efficient use of systems, I mean, you can actually, uh, you know, there's so much you can, you can leverage here and let systems, why not let some algorithms calculate what kind of benefits or, mm. or discounts, so to speak, that, that can be put in, in place here. Yeah. So maybe that's what we're seeing, hopefully, because like I said, I've, this is an area that is rarely touched. The, the airlines need to do something 
with it. Yeah, the other interesting comment I saw uh, for both of your sake was the, the one from Sean from Sports Corp Travel who was talking about the version of, of NDC that AA is pushing so hard you know, for market adoption by April is actually one of the lowest versions possible, um, 17 point something, whereas the industry is already on uh, 21 mm. plus, right? So it's um, also interesting to note that. So, But, well, I mean, remember also, Rian, that the U.S., for the U.S., this is pretty new, isn't it? Mm. So, yeah. uh, and the latest version, I think there are only two users in the world. So, you know, it's not, I mean, you have to, you have to start somewhere and they can find a, a good way forward. You know, they, they can, they can do it. So, um, Vili, uh, former Chief Commercial Officer at Indigo, has been messaging me because we, we unfortunately can't get him on the stage. A, there seems to be a technical challenge. So, I'm going to be reading some of his comments that he's made, if that's okay with you guys. First of all, thank you for taking part today and apologies for the technical hiccups there. Just start at the end of his comments. He talked about the fact that we need to, need to correct some information. He says Indigo have co-chair relationships with uh, Turkish and Qatar, actually, for the past three to four years. In fact, the Turkish airline Boeing 777 have been leased to alleviate the delay of Airbus deliveries. I, I suspect he means leased to, to Indigo. They will operate India to Istanbul. And he thinks that the talk of the USA expansion is actually wrong. Uh, he doesn't believe that's correct. So interesting comment there. Thank you very much, Willie. And then his comments about the Emirates Air India conversation. He says, if, uh, well, first of all, he just, I just need to mention that this is in his opinion. So he just wants to make that clear. I thank you for that, Willie. He says, um, if it ever happened, it was blown out of proportion by a local Emirates VP in India who made a bit of an unguarded comment to the press. So subsequent interviews of him did not mention the code sharing issue and Emirates will try everything to get more seats into India, but Air India would be nuts to do anything with them. <laughs> That's Philly's comments. So the whole point of a massive Air India order is to overfly the Middle East hubs, which is a very interesting point. What do you make of that, Anne? I trust Willie completely. Um, and, uh, you know, he's spot on. And, uh, you know, I, I think he really echoes what my thoughts were. And thanks, Willie, for confirming that Indigo has no plans towards the, the US. I, I would have thought that would have been very strange. Okay, I've got one more story and I'm going to um, once again... Um uh, Trump, you on this one, uh, Ash. So oh, boy, here we, yes. uh, oh, here, we here we go. Yes. Here we go. Here we go. I can't believe <laughs> that I have another Space News story, which you don't have. Uh, Ash, did you not pick up on the fact that there was quite a few posts about China announcing that they're going to launch a rival fleet of 13,000 satellites to block Starlink? Did you read that? What are your thoughts on it? The backup plan to that is Starlink has a version 2 now, and version 2 can beat any of the Chinese satellites because it's better than version 1 of Starlink. So there. There we go. Let the, the Star Wars begin. <laughs> Let the Star Wars begin, literally. Absolutely. Okay. Very My good. satellite is bigger than your satellite. <laughs> yes, yes. That's called a comeback. There we go. So look, guys, um, that was it from our side. And I think all of our stories, for those in the audience, we really appreciate your time today. Um, if you have a moment, please uh, look up myself, Ash and Anne, and follow us on our companies. We appreciate that. Ash and Anne, from our side, thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much, everybody. And thank, a special thanks to Willie. It was great to to have you comment.
All right, everyone. We host this LinkedIn call every Monday, and it's all about linking the travel industry. Please share this event with everybody that you know. And if you enjoyed the session, chances are high that others that you know will as well. So if you cannot make it any time because of time zone availability, please know that the session is always available as a podcast on Business Travel 360. This is Linking the Travel Industry, signing off. Thank you.